0: and I both watched a movie that we've been anticipating last night on the Colleen and Bradley show my talk 1071 I'm Colleen Lindstrom Bradley Trainer is starting his holiday Holly Roberts and I are here with you hi our friend Brian is at the controls thank you Brian yeah we both watched Being the Ricardos last night because yesterday was the day that it dropped on Amazon Prime yes So, uh, you know, it went from being only in theaters to uh, viewable in your living room, which is the way I prefer to view things. Uh, And so I was super excited because we've really been anticipating this. Uh, So my husband and I sat down and watched Being the Ricardos starring Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem as Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. Mm -hmm. Now, really quick thumbnail. Uh, before we get into what we thought about it, one of the things we talk about whenever Paul McGuire Grimes is on with us is when an autobiographical picture is tries to take on too much, that is when it loses itself, kind of loses the plot. Yes, this one does. We prefer when uh, a, a, an autobiographical picture focuses on one incident or one episode of of life. And this focuses on the, a time in the making of one episode of I Love Lucy. Yes, but it is not about the episode. Right. That just serves as a framing device. Yes. The framing device for being the Ricardos is that it all takes place during a week of production on I Love Lucy. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot that happens in that week of production. It starts with the table reads, ends with the taping in front of a live studio audience. Mm -hmm. And they use that as a construct to tell the story not only of the making of I Love Lucy, but also the relationship between Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. Yeah. So let's talk about the thing that was the big, the elephant in the room, shall we say? It was the casting of Nicole Kidman oh, as sure. Lucille Ball. I was like, wait, hold on, I which elephant? Something? Hold on, which <laughs> elephant <laughs> are we gonna? But that the thing that was the big deal, and I will confess, when they first cast her, I was like, what. But the big controversy was that there were voices in the wilderness screaming that it should have been Deborah Messing because Deborah Messing did an impression of Lucille Ball on Will and Grace once, and it was great. I want to take a little bit of if, if issue with the way that you phrased that. Okay. Deborah Messing yeah. did an impression yes. of Lucy Ricardo. Thank you. That is true. Once on an episode of Will and Grace. Yes. She did not do an impression of Lucille Ball, the person. She did an impression of the character, Lucy Ricardo, who we've all come to know and love from I Love Lucy, who is portrayed by Lucille Ball, but is not Lucille Ball. Exactly. And that is part of the genius of Lucille Ball, which I will say Nicole Kidman captured perfectly in Being the Ricardos. I have I had goosebumps from her performance and I will be the first one to say I was like. I don't know how this is going to go. She captured Lucille Ball's um, balls. Ball. Uh, yes. She captured Lucille's balls. <laughs> she did, though. She captured <laughs> the the strength and the um, vision and the um, laser focus of Lucille Ball and what made her genius. And she did it. In a way, you did lose Nicole Kidman in that. Yeah. I was distracted a little bit by the work she has had done. I mean, that's just kind of unescapable at this point. Yeah, and that's Kidman. always the case. And I don't like that. I don't like that. But it's true. I'm always a little bit distracted by the work she's had done. Yes, Okay, your thoughts. Yes, and. Yes, and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, to that. Nicole Kidman was fantastic as Lucille Ball mm-hmm. in being the Ricardos. Because she captured Lucille Ball, the complex artist. Yes. Not Lucy Ricardo, the caricature. That's a character yeah. that Lucille Ball created. Mm-hmm. And in being the Ricardos, they make it very clear that this person is different than the character that they played on television. Right. And that's a testament to the creative talent of Lucille Ball that it, it is it is still 70 years later, Colleen, mm-hmm. that people can't differentiate between Lucille Ball and the character Lucy Ricardo that she made. So much so that there is banter about the Internet that the casting was wrong because Deborah Messing did a better impression of right. the character. That's how good it is. Yeah. That's absolutely true. Here's the here's the one thing I will say. No Javier Bardem as uh Ricky Ricardo, um Ricky Arnez, Desi Arnez. I mean, it gets complicated, man. It gets oh, complicated. Sorry. No, uh, Javier Bardem as Desi Arnez. He did a wonderful job that too. It was great. But here's what I do. I do have to say this kind of from a um 30,000 foot view. I do still feel like they tried to throw a lot in there. There were a lot of complexities that they were trying to navigate. Um, There was the relationship between the, uh, what's her name, Vivian Vance and the guys who played Fred and Ethel. Mm -hmm. Ethel? 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 Um, th- their relationship and their disdain for each other. Um, there was trying to capture the friendship between Lucy and, um, Vivian and, um, the, the female writer and, and then also the part about just how their marriage was framed. Um, how, Lucy really had wanted to do this show so that she could do be with her husband. Right. And what was going on in their relationship at the time that ended up in divorce. Well, years and what was later. happening in Lucille Ball's career that led her. Yes. I love Lucy. And you learned the story. You're right, Colleen. And that was probably a main beef of being the Ricardo's yes. is that yes, this movie uses the framing device of a week of filming an episode of I love Lucy to go off And basically make a Lucille Ball biopic. Right. And it goes off on all of these tangents. And some of them are more successful than others. And I see what Aaron Sorkin was trying to do. The guy who wrote and directed this movie. Yes. And for the most part, it is successful. It does get a little messy. Yes. But you just go with the mess. And understanding that I Love Lucy came from a radio show mm-hmm. which Lucille Ball did because her contract ended with a major movie studio because they simply were like we don't know what to do with you. Right. We don't know what to do with you. Right. Goodbye. Right. She had sort of like found herself in an opportunity to have a lead role in a in a movie. She was a what do they call that? What was she? She was like a well, she was like third choice. Yeah, but but there's so there was a word. There's a word for the the contract girls who like were kind of slotted in to do bit roles and things. Oh sure, they called her the queen of the B movies. Yeah, so she you know she had been doing these and she was like fine, but she'd reached her peak there and then she had this opportunity because of scheduling issues to have this lead role and she did a great job and it was critically uh, acclaimed but not necessarily popular in the public opinion. Yeah, and they were like, yeah, well we just don't know what to do with you. And then she went into radio and then. But you learn all of this. And it is you're right. It's complicated. It's messy. And you do just have to sort of give yourself over to it and stop wondering what you're supposed to be getting Mm -hmm. out of the story and just go with the story. Yeah. Just go into being the Ricardo's leaving any preconceived notions at the door. Yeah. And. Let the storytellers tell the stories. So, if you're interested in Lucio Ball, you're interested in Hollywood history. You're interested in television. You're interested in labor dynamics. You're, you're interested, interested in maybe a little bit of uh, what it's like to be a, a woman in comedy writing in, yeah. in that day and age. And you're just interested a little bit still. <laughs> and you're just interested in some hot gossip behind yeah. the scenes because these people did not like each Ooh, other sometimes. No, and they told some stories. Yeah, I'm looking at you, William Frawley. Yeah. who played for Red Mertz. yes, thank you. Oh, cranky? Oh, oh, you think? Um, anyway, so I would, I do highly recommend it. I do, I do have to say this because I have not done the research on this yet. I did a little bit of research and it came up dry because each season of um, I Love Lucy was like I think thirty six episodes, which is super different than the world we live in now, where a season is like twelve episodes, mm-hmm. right? Um, and a lot of the episodes are available on Hulu. But I could not remember if the episode that they tell the story around in this uh, in this movie is actually an episode of I Love Lucy. And if it is, it is not one of the ones that is offered on Hulu. Oh. So what I wanted to do was then go back, because what it did to me is make me want to watch that episode To see what was going on and some of the things and sort of like I like to try to read what's happening behind people's eyes. Um, And that I could not find. And so you also have to recognize that there's going to be some fact and there's going to be some elaboration of fact. There's going to be maybe a a different timeline than what was really happening. Because, again, they just used this one episode as a framework. Right. Well, and that's what every biographical movie does, by the way, Mm -hmm. is that there's creative license behind every biographical story that you watch because it probably wouldn't be that Entertaining. think about your life yeah. i'm not saying yours holly i'm saying you are dear listeners all of us we have very boring lives and you do need to hit enhance every once yeah. in a while take a little creative license yeah because it would be a little bit messy if you just threw your life up on a screen when we come back on the colleen and bradley show though speaking of what has been thrown up on the screen um when we watched being the ricardos you were reminded of some of the uh Pop culture and TV tropes, things like uh, our friend Lucy could not, they really had to push hard for her to be pregnant on television. She can't say the word You pregnant. can't even say the Don't word. Don't even say it. Holly has done a deep dive on some of those pop culture tropes, and she's going to share with us some of the things, like a question maybe you might have, like, uh, why did they sleep in separate beds? What? Holly's here for it when we come back after this on My Talk 1071. That puts us in the mood on the Colleen and Bradley show. I mean, the holiday mood. My talk one Oh seven one. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. Bradley Trainer is off. Holly Roberts and I are here with you. Hey, And uh, Holly, you did some uh, you did some research. Uh, the team Cobra Research Department has uh, done some research for us on tropes of the 50s and 60s. <laughs> well, so last night. Colleen, you and I both Mm -hmm. watched the movie Being the Ricardos, which is all about uh, a week in the life of the show I Love Lucy. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things that they talked about in Being the Ricardos, and I'm sure that there are a lot of talking about this behind the scenes, was why can't Lucy and Ricky sleep in the same darn bed? Thank you. When I was a child, I literally thought that people didn't start sharing beds until well after those days because i loved i love lucy and i couldn't understand because my parents shared a bed i was like why do they sleep in separate beds did people not know that they could sleep in the same bed back then yeah (laughs) what was going on was everything in black and white i don't know i got a lot of questions i literally thought color wasn't invented until like the 70s right that they literally lived (laughs) in black and and white white. well (laughs) that's not the case and so Then I was like, yeah, that's really interesting. Okay, so why did Lucy and Ricky and other famous couples, so they talked about Danny Thomas a lot, make mm-hmm. room for Danny in that show in uh, being the Ricardos. That was another show in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Leave it to Beaver or uh-huh. the Dick Van Dyke yep, show, the, the, Petries. the Petries. they slept in separate beds too. Even in the 1960s. So I was like, I'm really curious. What is the deep dive answer into why sitcom couples of the 50s and 60s slept in separate beds? Well, I f- First, I thought it was one answer that there was an anti-horniness brigade in Hollywood. That's at the what time. I thought it was. It was like you couldn't indicate that people actually could ever be in a position, no pun intended, to have relations. That is true, Colleen. And also, apparently, this was a thing that even goes back to the 1800s. Oh, TV in the 1800s? No, but people sleep. Yes, actually, everything you know is wrong. But the curious thing about this is actually twin beds for couples or separate beds for couples was seen as healthier and more modern than couples sleeping in the same bed back in the 1850s through the 1950s. It was like a sleep hygiene thing, too. Oh, weird. In addition to being anti-horny. Right. This was a thing. Doing the deep dive. Apparently, someone wrote a cultural history of twin beds. This is an actual book that you can seek out. But doctors back in Victorian times were warning about the consequences of sharing your bed, saying that sleep hygiene was you get pure, fresh air, you get a clean, light room Listen, Which also goes back to the anti-horny thing, so I right. guess I suppose it all comes full circle. Although I will say, I will say that perhaps it's possible, I will just pull back the curtain on a, a real life situation at my house, That earlier in the pandemic, one time I was sleep. I I was actually awake while my husband was sleeping and he coughed in his sleep. And I thought to myself, if he had COVID, he just gave it to me. So there is something to having separate sleeping quarters Mm -hmm. and not breathing each other's air. Right. And it's also a class thing, too. Mm-hmm. If you can afford separate beds. Whoa. Whoa. Well, you I mean, hit, you like, hit, you if, if, you, if you are just two people in separate beds, because like the family bed was a real thing. It wasn't just a theory. Yeah. At some point. You've in seen history. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate yes. Factory. <laughs> Thank you. All the grandparents in the same bed. Mm-hmm. That was kind of thing. Yeah. And not in a sexy way. It wasn't it wasn't a grandparent orgy. No, it was just <laughs> for sleeping. I mean, you might be yep. into that. Welcome to the Colleen welcome, and Bradley show. Welcome to the Colleen and Bradley show. But other th- but the other tropes of sleeping in separate beds, yes, it was also because censors at the time, starting with the Hays code in the 1930s, they did not want to imply that sex could even possibly happen even between a married couple where sexy relations for the most part, are sanctioned. And it's like, this is the construct that we have socially, where people can get horny with each other and we're not going to look bad upon you. Well, and we heard a little bit of that on Being the Ricardos in the conversation about when actually Lucille Ball was pregnant for the second time. And uh, they were talking about whether or not the show was going to say that she was pregnant. The conversation was about, we can't even... People will know how you got that way, and yeah. we can't even indicate that. Yeah, we can't at all. Now, Colleen, according to the Hayes Code, man and woman in bed together, and that's how they actually say it, was in the be careful section of the code, <laughs> meaning that technically... Lucy and Desi could have shared the same bed together, but it was the decision of CBS, of the executives, of Philip Morris, who I believe Mm -hmm. was the sponsor of I Love Lucy. They were uh, exercising caution Mm -hmm. around suggesting that they Lucy and Desi actually did it and that they got pregnant. And that was that's what Mm happens. It's not just the stork people. What? I know. Also, think of how far we've come like truly now we actually watch people simulate doing it on regular primetime television oh that's true i mean butt cheek that's fine yeah why not every twice in a while Uh uh-huh yeah yeah we still aren't getting the some of the stuff well you know what that's fine yeah you know that's fine When we come back, we're all watching HBO anyway. When we come back on The Colleen and Bradley Show, Dumb People Doing Dumb Things. Thank you for that history lesson, Holly. After this on My Talk 107.1. Thanks, Brian. This is The Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 107.1. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. Bradley Trainer is Off. Holly Roberts and I are here. Hey! And Brian's at the controls. And tis the time to tell you about the dumb people doing dumb things. Crazy, stupid, idiots. uh... Well then, I guess one could say That's a crazy, stupid idiot. Colleen and Bradley present CSI. It stands for crazy, stupid idiots. Oh, it sure does. Those crazy, stupid idiots, they're to your right, they're to your left, they're out in front of you, they're behind you. But hopefully when you're looking in a mirror, there is not one looking right back at you. Oftentimes we find them in the state of... Florida. 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 And sometimes other places. Like... California. Oh, nice. We're going right. to Orange County, California, and we're going to talk about California. a guy. Yes. Oh, yes. I love that song. Because you're in the OC. Yes, you're in the OC. We're going to talk about a guy whose name I don't have, uh, but he is a, I believe he is a young man, and uh, he has been arrested on suspicion of stealing a fire truck. Yes. Oh, like a like a matchbox? Nope. Like a real fire truck. Rude. Truck 85, <laughs> which is a half-million-dollar truck, was sitting outside UCI Medical Center in Orange County. At 1.40 a.m., the paramedics were taking a patient into the hospital, and the fire truck was sitting outside the hospital with the keys in it. Mm-hmm. And a young man decided, now is my chance. And he got behind the wheel of that fire truck and he took that fire truck through communities in Orange County, including Fountain Valley and Irvine, before he stopped uh, in Anaheim near Ball Road and Brookhurst Street. I bet you know all those places, Holly. Uh, no, I don't. But okay, I'm, I'm glad that you're sharing with the group. Here's what I appreciate is some of this uh, was caught on video. The way that the the car stopped or the sorry, the truck, the driver stopped the truck was because a man who said he lives on the sidewalk nearby, so a person, clearly a person experiencing homelessness, mm-hmm. put himself in the middle of the chaos of this person driving this this truck um, on purpose to tell him to stop driving because he was afraid he was going to run into his home, which was this Ooh. sidewalk. Oof. And and the driver stopped. Um and actually the guy said, I just didn't want the kid to get shot. So the guy was driving, yep. was a young person, and um this person wanted him A for him to stop driving because he was afraid he was gonna like get up on the sidewalk. And also he didn't want anybody to because they were pursuing him. They didn't want anybody to injure him. Oh, oh. which is such which a is, like it a, could have ended oh, so, so bad. So bad. But the part that I find the most interesting is that the firefighters who for, to whom this fire truck belongs think that this guy has to have had some sort of experience driving a truck like that because when you think about like think about think about us at uh, Project Down in Dirty Construction getting mm-hmm. behind the wheel of any one of those pieces of equipment, there's a lot of buttons and stuff, and you don't quite know what what does. Why? Yeah. Also, when you're driving a big fire truck like that, they don't turn the same as cars. They don't even turn the same as trucks. You need some special training for that. Yeah. And so this, but this guy was driving well enough that they thought, well, this guy clearly kind of knew what he was doing. In any case, he has been uh, arrested. He was taken into custody at about three o'clock in the AM. So he had that sucker for a good hour. And uh, I hope it was worth it. That's terrifying, isn't that? That is terrifying? legit terrifying. I'm sorry, but I don't know that I'll be able to kick that out of my head next time I see a fire truck without the cherries on, just driving down the street. Like, is that an actual firefighter <laughs> who's been trained behind the wheel, or is that Joe Schmo? Or is that driving? Joe Schmo just like <laughs> pleasure cruising, Whipping you know what's in the like? No, thank no. you. No, nope. Okay, no. All right. Anyway, he'll be uh, executed to... The, not executed. Oh, my God! Oh. I meant, oh. <laughs> That's not what I meant! Well, now, capital prosecuted punishment is going to be applied prosecuted here. Executed to the fullest extent of the law. Okay. Well, Annie, he's not going to be executed he's for not. this. not. I'm sorry. That was a poor choice of words. Thank, glad we clarified yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Holly? Where are we going next? We're going to Wisconsin. Wisconsin? Wisconsin. Uh, We're going to Teresa, Wisconsin, the village of Teresa. Uh, There was something that happened at a house in Teresa, Wisconsin on Friday at about five in the afternoon. According to a criminal complaint, police officers arrived at a house for a domestic disturbance complaint. And somebody reported that a guy at this house was bleeding from his head after getting into a physical altercation. Oof, oof no, and you don't want to bleed from the head that is a hard one to stop. yeah, so this man who reported a domestic disturbance complaint got into a physical altercation with a guy named Timothy Tim let's Tim. just call him Tim. call him Tim yeah let's let's call him Tim when police arrived to this house, the victim was standing outside. Blood was on his head, arms, clothing, and face. The victim also had a gash. Stuff got real there. Things were getting real. And he had a gash above his eye. And officers were like, okay, well, what's happening? Obviously something is happening. We need some information. Well, apparently the victim had lent Timothy an Xbox controller. And the victim was trying to get it back. Timothy. Oh, Timothy. Timothy. Tim. Tim, I gave you my oh, Xbox controller. Give it it's, back. I got to play Call of Duty with my bros. Yeah. I need give it back it. right now. Give, give it back. It. That's what we used to say when I was a kid. Give, give it. it. <laughs> give it. That's what the victim was saying. <laughs> give it, Tim. Give it, Tim. Tim. Tim, come on. Tim the wasn't giving is, it. Does the, not no. seem like that was happening. Knock on no. it. Knock it. Tim no. was like, gonna do no. it. <laughs> In fact... Not only did he do a George H. W. Bush impression, all of Dana, Dana Carvey, <laughs> he decided to hit the victim in the face three times. Oh my gosh! Then the victim grabbed don't tell him. me it was with the Xbox remote that he hit him in the head. You know I can't confirm. Okay, because that's that. real. That's like rude. Like he won't give it back, but he'll hit you with it. Yeah. Well, Tim hit him in the face three times. Then the victim grabbed him around the neck in order to stop being attacked. He got stitches, this guy, with the gash Oof. above his head. Now, Tim, you know, he got a... He was a... The officers were like, Tim, come with us. Yeah. Come yeah. with us. Yeah, he took a little trip. Yep, took a little trip. Got placed in, in the, the back police of the car. vehicle. And then when the officers returned to his vehicle, officers like, okay, victim, you're all right? Call of Duty right now? Great. Uh, cool. Cool, we're going to get you stitches. It's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. You know, join the discord later. Yeah. The officer returned to his vehicle... With Tim in it, and he smelled a little sweet oh, sweet smells on Tim. Tim. Ah, Tim. Yeah, yes. he always does this. Yeah, well, it's Tim always classic, <laughs> classic Tim. Yeah. Classic Tim classic, right? right? Tim. <laughs> classic Tim. You know, you know, a, Tim. He's always getting high in the back seat of the car because that's what he was doing. <laughs> yes, for that's sure. what Tim was doing. But here's the thing: it wasn't that Tim was blazing. Before the officers came to the house, mm. Tim was blazing in the back seat of, of the, the police, police car. vehicle. That is a flex right there. I mean, that is a flex. You, you do not care. And then the officer was like, <laughs> <Yeah>. Tim, <laughs> Tim, 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 <laughs> puff, puff, pass. Yeah. No, he was like, puff, puff, you're going to yeah. jail, honey, because. Tim admitted he had a pipe and a baggie in his pocket. And then, and then he was like, Yeah, and I also fought with McCron. Okay. First of all, Tim, Tim, he doesn't listen to this segment. No. If you wanted to get through whatever experience you were about to have in the back of that police car, you know good and well you should have put that in your butt. <laughs> Wait, or you saying. should have tied it to your Sweeney. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. To yesterday's podcast. Thank you. All I'm trying to say is, no, you don't smoke it to get rid of it in the back seat. You got to hide that. And then hope they bring you back later and they don't book you. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Tim faces a felony count of substantial battery and misdemeanor Oof. counts for disorderly conduct, Tim. possession of marijuana, and possession of drug paraphernalia. I hate it now, when he does that. I know. Now, if Tim is found guilty in all these counts, he could face up to four years in prison. This for fighting over an Xbox Was it controller. Was it worth it? Was it worth it, Tim? It's a very tough look. Oh. Very tough. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Tim. Yeah. I'm disappointed, Tim. Gotta love them. I'm not mad. (laughs) I'm not mad, but I'm disappointed. Okay, for our next story, we're going across uh, some ponds. We're going to Scotland. Oh! And, uh, okay. So, first of all, I need to understand uh, what they call the power debt enforcers, the energy firm. I believe that these are, this is um, the like the power company, trying to collect money on an account. Oh, I thought that this was a new line of action figures from Hasbro. I don't actually know, <laughs> but this, from what I can read, because it's written in Scottish, which is a form of English. Lots of wees in there. No, it says, uh, it said, uh, a, not a Scottish power customer. So that tells me the Scottish power is whatever their energy is company is scottish power. yeah the power and and specifically we are dealing with the the power debt enforcers the scottish power debt enforcers so these are the people who are there to collect the debts for the power company in scotland so here's what happened this this Power Debt Enforcer Group was going to collect on somebody whose account was delinquent. And uh, so they were, uh, but they have to do this properly. So like most um, enforcement agencies, they have to do things on camera, right? Because, mm-hmm. because 2021, right? Yeah. And you're always on camera, but also they when they go to make collections, they have that on camera because if any legal anything should down the line happen they need to have that to prove. called covering your butt. It's called covering your booty. So Not even the court they were trying to cover their booty and uh, they so the Scottish power debt enforcers were coming to collect a debt and they were on camera and they knocked, knocked, knocked and there was a lady on the other side and she was like hi and they were like, hi, it's us, the Scottish power company. We came to get the money. And she's like, I'm not even a customer and I'm not letting you in. And they're like, you have to let us in. And she's like, I'm not going to let you in. And then they were like, we're, we have to get the money. We're coming. And then they broke in. They knocked down the door and then they realized that they were in the wrong house. Oh. They had the wrong address. Oh. oh, boy. Yeah. So they're in big trouble. Scottish power. Yes so um the Scottish power enforcers are in trouble they have sincerely apologized however um the woman who um they raided will now be pressing scottish charges against the company. Thank you. Yeah. Just get the address right. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. It's like don't break down the door until you know you're at the right place. I have oh. a plan. I have a plan. Have a plan. It's that simple. Great. It's, it's not 566. It's <laughs> 556. Five, yes. Yeah. yeah, and also yeah. get your eyes checked. Okay? Uh-huh. Sometimes you know, sometimes the fives can look like sixes. I love the and vice versa. The very British way, Colleen, that this is covered. The UK mm-hmm. energy regulator of Gem has now opened discussions following the claim. <laughs> yes. It's just yes. so very polite. They're, they're opening discussions now. After these people like bar- like barreled through some lady's house. I'm sure well, somebody's good. gonna have some uh, um, spicy discussions. Yes, I'm, no. they will open spicy discussions. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, I can't promise things won't get spicy here. Grant's coming into play the throwback live what? after this on My Talk 107.1.